type 1 diabetes is never a do-it-yourself condition. The more support we have, the better off we're going to be. The better off we're going to feel physically, easier the work of diabetes management will be. And also, we feel less alone. We feel like we have people in our lives who are walking the path of diabetes with us. But in order for that to happen, you have to be willing to accept support. You have to be willing to come at it with some open arms. Welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman, and I invite you to join us as we talk candidly about the emotional challenges of living with type 1 diabetes. We'll give you actionable strategies to help you face these challenges head on, reduce your stress, and most importantly, live a full life without letting diabetes get in the way. Hey there, a quick question for you. Does type 1 diabetes make you feel stuck? Do you feel like type 1 limits you and makes it harder to do the things that you want to do? If so, I have a free guide that can help you get unstuck and become more flexible in your life with type 1 diabetes. To download your free copy, go to www.thediabetespsychologist.com backslash get unstuck. That's thediabetespsychologist.com backslash get unstuck. And be sure to follow me on Instagram at the Diabetes Psychologist for access to even more exclusive content. Hey there, welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman. This episode is being released on Christmas Eve, and one of the biggest stressors that I hear from people around the holiday season with type 1 diabetes is worried that they're not going to be able to get the support that they need from their friends and family around their diabetes, especially during the holidays. And while I recognize that this year, the holiday season and our celebrations are going to be looking very different than they have in years past, that doesn't mean that we still don't need support. And so during this episode, I'm going to give you five tips to be able to get the support that you need from your friends and family during this holiday season. Before we dive into the tips, I want to talk a little bit about the importance of getting support with diabetes. You know, it's so easy for us to feel alone with our diabetes, especially when we have friends and family who don't have diabetes and don't really understand it. And so I think it's important that we recognize if you feel like no one understands what you're experiencing and that you're the only person who feels this way, life with diabetes can be a pretty lonely place. And so finding ways to get support and feel supported by those around you can be super important to keep you motivated, to keep you upbeat, and to make sure that you're living your best life with type 1 diabetes. Getting support and encouragement from other people is a really critical part of staying motivated. The people in your life, they want to help you. They want to support you. But they just may not know what the best way to do that is. And so by helping them to understand what you're experiencing, what you're feeling, and what support you need, that will give them the tools that they need to support you, which will help bring them closer to you, as well as help you give the support that you need so that you can manage diabetes well, enjoy the holidays, and feel like you have a team around you. So without further ado, let's dive into the tips. Number one, ask for what you need and be explicit about what you need. Now, this tip may seem really obvious, but I think that it's the most important one. I think the people in our lives, they wanna help us, they wanna be there to support us, and they wanna be as helpful as they can. But I think if you asked a friend or family member what they could do to support you, they probably wouldn't know the answer. 
or they will probably offer support that's not very helpful for you. I've talked to so many people who have this vision that people in their lives should just know what to do to support them. And when they don't live up to those expectations, we get upset and feel really unsupported. While there may be some exceptions, I think it's really helpful to start from a baseline that the people in your life do want to support you. And while it would be nice if they knew what to do without us asking, we do bear some responsibility there to let them know and give them guidance as to what they can do to support you. I always ask people to think about this from the flip side. If someone were to come to you and say, hey, I need your support, and this is exactly what I need you to do to support me, I'm sure you'd be happy to do that. And the same thing holds true for people in your life. If you go to them, you let them know exactly what it is that you need, as well as what it is that you don't need. Everyone's going to feel empowered and more comfortable in supporting you. Think of all the times in your life when someone has given you unsolicited advice about your diabetes, you know, asking you, should you be eating that? Or what's your blood sugar right now? Or, you know, trying to be helpful when they're really not. Usually when that happens, people aren't being malicious. They're not being nosy. They're just trying to help, and they're trying to help in the best way that they know how. And oftentimes when that happens, it's not very helpful. But they would probably love some guidance as to what they can do. So if you're multitasking right now, stop. Write down the top three things that you would like your friends and family to do to support you with your diabetes. They could be big. They could be small. It doesn't matter. But they need to be concrete and they need to be very, very clear. I was thinking about this the other day for myself. One of the things that my wife does where I really need the support, when we go out for the day and we're maybe hiking or at the beach, uh, she always has some glucose with her. I usually do too, but it is really, really helpful for her to have that backup. And that's what she does to support me. And I let her know that. I let her know how helpful that is for me and how that's one way that she can support me. But when she asked me what my, what my blood sugar is and asked me if I took insulin for the food that I ate, that's not helpful. And I've also been very clear with her to let her know that that's not a very good way to support me. But remember, there's no right or wrong way for you to need support. You need to be able to ask for the support that you need. And what works for me may not work for you, and that's okay. When you can be clear with the folks in your life about what you need and how they can be helpful, everybody wins. And that leads me to my second tip, setting boundaries with people in your life around your diabetes. While setting boundaries can feel like you're pushing support away, Actually, setting boundaries is one of the best ways you can get the support that you need from other people by letting them know what is okay and what is not okay in their actions towards you. A boundary is a guideline that you set that helps people understand how you want to be treated and how they can best behave around you. And boundaries are really important in our diabetes management. I think it's important to note that for a lot of us, our boundaries around diabetes with other people, they change over time. So for example, when you were in high school and living with your parents, your boundaries around your diabetes may have been looser. You know, they were probably much more active in your diabetes management and wanting to know about your blood sugars and what you're eating and things like that. But as you move out of your parents' house and then come back to visit for the holidays and you're around them in a different context, the boundaries that are going to change. You may not want them to be as involved in your diabetes management as they were before, and that's okay. As you think about setting boundaries around your diabetes with your friends and family, 
you have to think about what are the boundaries that you want to set. And again, there are no right or wrong answers here. It's really up to you and what your needs are and what your comfort level is with having people being involved in your diabetes management. So while for some people, it may not be a problem to have somebody watching their blood sugars and asking them about their insulin dosing and things like that around the holidays. Well, for other people, that may be a boundary that they don't want crossed. As you're thinking about the boundaries that you want to set, though, I want you to make sure that you're focusing on yourself and your needs as opposed to somebody else's needs. Setting boundaries around your diabetes management is not selfish. And so even though someone may want to know information about your diabetes and you feel guilty for not giving it to them, By setting that boundary, you are allowing yourself to get exactly the support that you need and not get the support that you don't need. And they may be upset about that. They may be upset about you setting a boundary with them. That's really their issue. But your issue is making sure that you're taking care of your diabetes and your mental health to the best of your ability. One area where boundaries can get really complicated really fast is with sharing CGM data. When someone has access to CGM data, they can do a lot of things that may be a violation of your boundary. So the first boundary is you know, asking yourself whether or not you want to give them access to data or not. When you do decide to give people access to your data, the boundaries come into play when you start thinking about what do they do with this information? When is it appropriate for them to reach out to you and contact you if your blood sugar is low or high? You know, what are the rules around them having access to that data? So setting boundaries comes back to you having a very clear idea for yourself about what people can do to support you and what support you don't need and making it very clear to them. And when they cross that boundary and they try to offer you support that you don't need, that you're able to cut them off and let them know that what they're doing isn't helpful and you would like them to stop doing it. Setting boundaries with other people around your diabetes can be difficult. And so I want to give you some tips and best practices about how you can set boundaries with people in a really effective way. The first thing is having a clear idea about what the boundary is that you want to set. And sometimes it's best to work backward because you may not actually know. Oftentimes when you know you know a boundary needs to be set, when you kind of get that icky feeling, when someone says something to you or they overstep their bounds and you just don't feel right. You feel like someone's gotten into your emotional space. And when that happens, that's a really good signal that setting a boundary would be helpful. So looking out for those feelings can give you a good idea about what boundaries you want to set. The next thing about setting boundaries with people around your diabetes is to make sure you make it about yourself and not about them. People can take setting boundaries as a personal affront, but we want to do our best to avoid that. We want to let them know and give them guidance about how they can be most helpful. We want to be clear that by respecting this boundary, that is the best way that they can be helpful to you. One of the reasons that people overstep their bounds sometimes around our diabetes is that they're worried about us. They feel helpless in our diabetes management, and they're feeling anxious, and they want to feel more in control of the situation. So when they overstep their bounds, it's not because they want to get in your business. It's because they're trying to control their own anxiety about the situation. And so when you set boundaries with other people, it's helpful to recognize that. And that can help you change your approach about how you set the boundary. And finally, I want you to recognize that your boundaries can change over time. And that's okay. So don't be scared to reestablish your boundaries and make new ones or take away old ones from people around your diabetes whenever it's appropriate. Your boundaries are yours, and you have the right to make modifications to them anytime you want to.
Tip number three, provide your friends and family with as much education as you can. As I talked about when it comes to setting boundaries, one of the reasons why people push boundaries is because they're feeling anxious. Education is a great anecdote to this anxiety for the people in your life. And it can also give them a window into your world that they may not have ever had before. Whenever I tell people about the work that I do, they're usually really surprised. They never had any idea that living with diabetes was much more complicated than just taking insulin, eating healthy, and exercising. They're surprised to find out about all of the psychological factors that go into diabetes and the challenges that people can have in living with diabetes. In my personal life, I do the best that I can to educate those around me about the challenges of living with diabetes that I face and that other people face as well. So they have an insight into what living with diabetes is like. Not only does that help reduce their anxiety about me taking care of myself, but it, it helps them understand the support I need and why I'm asking for the support that I'm asking for. You may be thinking to yourself, this all sounds great, but how do I provide the education that my friends and family may need to understand type 1 diabetes? And I have a couple of ideas for you. First, if you haven't already, prepare some talking points. I always encourage people to have two explanations of type 1 diabetes, the quick and dirty version and the longer, more detailed version. That way, if somebody asks you to tell them a little bit about type 1 diabetes, you have some information that you can share with them right away without having to put too much thought into it. And if they ask for more details or you feel like more information is necessary, you have a longer version that explains a little bit more about what diabetes is and how it's managed and how it's impacted you. I also like to have other resources I can share with folks who want to dive deeper into some of the more nuanced parts of type 1 diabetes. So for example, I always recommend Beyond Type 1. Beyond Type 1 has a lot of great information about everything type 1 diabetes, from the news insulins to what diabetes is, to information about diabetes and mental health. You can also point your friends and family to this podcast or to my website, thediabetespsychologist.com, where they can get a lot of informative information about diabetes and mental health. I think it's important to both provide facts, but also firsthand information about what the experience of living with diabetes is like. And whether that's coming from you personally, or from social media, or from blog posts, having that personal touch is a great way to give life to the medical information about living with diabetes, so people in your life can really understand your experience and the challenges that people with diabetes face on a daily basis. One last thing to remember is that it's up to you what education you provide and what information and resources you provide to folks in your life. There's no requirement that you become the educator for everybody about diabetes. If the education can help people in your life to provide you the support that you need, then by all means do it. But don't feel that's your obligation or your responsibility. The fourth tip that I have to help you get the support that you need with type 1 diabetes is do your best not to hide diabetes from the people in your life. I know this may sound like a little bit of a strange tip, but let me explain. I can't tell you how many people I talk to on a regular basis who will do everything possible to make sure nobody knows about their diabetes and no one knows what they're doing to manage it. They don't want to give insulin in front of friends and family. They go to the bathroom to check their blood sugar. And basically, they do everything they can to avoid having any attention brought to themselves around their diabetes. And this is a challenge for a couple of reasons. The first is, plain and simple, it's a lot of work. 
to have to think about diabetes all the time and think about how you can avoid bringing your friends and family into the loop, even if it's just taking an insulin shot or checking your blood sugar in a public place, that becomes really challenging. It takes up a lot of headspace for you. But the other thing is it doesn't give your friends and family the opportunity to see what managing diabetes is like and that you have it under control, but also what help you might need. By doing things in front of them, they can get a peek into what's going on for you, which then gives them the tools that they need to better support you in a way that can be really helpful for you. So if you find yourself hiding diabetes from your friends and family, I would encourage you at some point in the near future to do some experimentation. Try things a little bit differently and try to giving yourself an insulin shot, checking your blood sugar, doing all those things without having to be away from other people while you're doing it. And I think you might be surprised. You may be surprised, one, how easy it is, how what you were worried about didn't actually happen, but also how supportive other people around you might be when they get a peek inside of your life with diabetes. It also gives you a chance to find out if it's not a good idea. If people make fun of you or make comments to you that aren't supportive, then by all means, find another place to manage your diabetes. But I think that for most people, they're going to find the people that really blink an eye, and it gives them the opportunity to get some really great support they may not have had before. And now we're at tip number five, our final tip. And this tip is be willing to accept support. I know that for a lot of people with type 1 diabetes, they feel like they want to do it on their own. They feel like they don't need anybody's help. But I know from personal and professional experience, the type 1 diabetes is never a do-it-yourself condition, that the more support we have, the better off we're going to be, the better off we're going to feel physically, the easier the work of diabetes management will be. And also, we feel less alone. We feel like we have people in our lives who are walking the path of diabetes with us. But in order for that to happen, you have to be willing to accept support. You have to be willing to, you know, come at it with some open arms. I always think about the think about people who don't want support as having their arms crossed and they're very closed off. And that, while protective and you know makes sense, while this is protective, it's not very helpful. It doesn't allow people in. And people really want to help. People really want to do what they can to make your life easier. In order for that to happen, we need to be willing to allow people in. Of course, with appropriate boundaries, and of course, with letting people know exactly what we need. Once people understand those things and what we need from them, then being willing to accept that support and continually give feedback about what's helpful and what's not helpful and how they can better support you will make life with diabetes much easier for you. I can't think of one person that I've ever met who couldn't use some support with type 1 diabetes. Certainly, the amount of support that we need is going to vary based on the person. But I ask that you give accepting support a try and see what happens. If you don't like it, then feel free not to do it anymore. But I'm going to bet that you're going to be surprised about how helpful just a little bit of support is if you're willing to accept it. As we head into Christmas and the new year, I really hope these tips are helpful for you in helping you get the support that you need. I know that asking for support is complicated and not always easy. It's not always comfortable having that spotlight shined on us when getting support with our diabetes. 
it can be really hard because it brings attention to ourselves and to our diabetes, which is something that most people really don't want. But we also know that support helps. And even if it's not comfortable, it's valuable. So this holiday season, whether it's in-person for you or virtual, I would really encourage you to ask for and be open to receiving support from other people around your type 1 diabetes. Here's a quick recap of the five tips I offered today. Number one, ask for what you need and be clear and explicit. Number two, set boundaries. Number three, provide education. Number four, be willing to manage diabetes in public and don't hide it from other people. And the number five is be willing to accept support from other people in your life. They want to give it to you. I always love hearing from my listeners, and I would love to hear from you about what successes and challenges you've had recently with getting support from your friends and family around your diabetes. To get in touch, send me an email to mark at thediabetespsychologist.com or DM me on Instagram at thediabetespsychologist. That does it for this episode of the Diabetes Psychologist podcast. And before I go, I have a quick favor to ask. If this podcast has been helpful for you, I would really appreciate it if you post a rating and write a review on iTunes. That helps me spread the word about this podcast so others can benefit as well. And just a quick note, as we come to the end of the year, next week there'll be no new episode of the Diabetes Psychologist podcast. But be sure to tune in the first week of January for a brand new episode of the podcast. I hope you have a very happy new year. Thanks so much for listening. For more resources, you can visit www.thediabetespsychologist.com and be sure to sign up for the email list for access to exclusive content. I'm Dr. Mark Heyman, and tune in next time for the latest episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. Oh,